Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Well, Kathleen Day's last book was named by Business Week as one of the top 10 business books of the year and also recommended for reading by the New York Times Sunday Book Review. And Kathleen has just released a new book through Yale University Press that explores in plain English, which I need, everybody, uh, the history of Wall Street scandals, why the government keeps bailing out bankers, because we all keep asking that every day, like what's going on with that? and why taxpayers of all political stripes should be mad about it uh, beyond the obvious. And I think all of us, I don't know anybody that's happy about taxes. It's called Broken Bargain, Bankers, Bailouts, and the Struggle to Tame Wall Street. And we're super happy to have her join us on today's Big Blend Radio's Authors Happy Hour Show with JKS Communications to tell us all about it. And you can get it on Amazon and just go to her website, KathleenDay.com. She's on Twitter and Facebook as well. So welcome, Kathleen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're good. Can you hear me? You're talking about... Yes, yes, we can. We're just like we're we get riled up when you hear the word bankers and bailouts. You know, um, I love the the title of your book, Broken Bargain, um, because this is I don't know. Are we just in a hamster wheel that we'll ever get out of? Well, we we could get out of it. You know, credit cycles. Um, the economy goes up a little. Economy goes down a little. Banks lend a little too much, a little too long, and then they take a little too. Uh, they, they don't come back in lending uh, quickly enough. Those are normal credit cycles. What I'm writing about in this book are the big picture uh, crazy bubbles and manias and crashes that, in fact, we could avoid. Credit cycles are normal. These other things are um, completely avoidable. They're train wrecks that are uh, – if people wanted to see them, they, they could see them coming. The problem is they kind of take off their blinders too late and realize they're right in the tra- railroad tracks and the train is right there in their face. If regulators, it really comes down to we, if we're, if we're going to have deposit insurance at the end of the day, if we're going to have deposit insurance, which is backed by taxpayers, and we're going to bail out um, financial institutions, which are, which are uh, too big to fail because they're so important to the system that their failure would disrupt mm-hmm. it. If we're going to do that, then we have to have regulators who do their job. We can't have regulators that keep thinking, oh, everything's great now, so we can just let them do whatever they want. It, it doesn't Well, that's like the well. EPA. Okay. Like, we want the EPA to work, but what's happening? You know? yeah, but, but, okay. Well, right I now understand. is a crazy situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how does the stock market play into this? Because I feel like anybody who invests in the stock market who becomes a employee or of the federal government that has access to making things happen or any politician who is invested in the stock market is already um, compromised. 
Well, it's not that they're compromised. It's just that they, they constantly get too close to things. That's how we, that's the struggle, the struggle to tame Wall Street. That's part, that's part of the title is that we're constantly trying to remind ourselves. For example, under this current administration, um, you're quite right, things are crazy at the EPA, putting climate deniers mm-hmm. on panels and things like that. But yeah. in banking, it's equally as bad. One of the chief, this is just emblematic, but I think everyone can understand why this is wrong. One of the chief bank regulators, federal bank regulators, called the banks that he's supposed to regulate on our behalf. We're, we're, we're the customer, the taxpayer. Um, mm-hmm. Bank is supposed to please his customers. That's just so crazy. He's got it all kind of thinking, even if you're not that extreme or that naive to say that. Um, another agency under this administration is saying, hey, it's okay to make loans uh, to people even without assessing whether they can afford them. Now, that's not what, that's, what they're basically endorsing is these payday loans, which is like legalized loan sharking. That's not good for anybody. That puts people into financial ruin. So it, it's just a lot of – it's misguided. So we can either do away with the bailouts and go back to sort of the Wild West banking, which I talk about in my book, it's the history of banking, again, in plain English. Um, we can go back to the Wild West days of banking before the Civil War when we didn't have a national currency, no Federal Reserve. We had no federal uh, banking regulation to speak of. And um, and Americans lived with hundreds of bank failures a year. We could do that, and we could get rid of the deposit insurance and a lot of other things. I don't think voters are going to go for that. Do you? I mean, I just no, don't. No. So well, this is this is so, interesting because I think it's it's like you talk about this too that both parties, you know, and I'm I'm personally just tired of the two party system thing because it's just it they're the same they're just wearing different colors now mm-hmm. you know I, i'm well, just no, saying oh, i'm going to get know. in so much trouble I, for saying I, that now but no, no, no. <laughs> no one should get in trouble for anything i mean i really believe in free speech but I, the reason i i used to say that and i um um for a long time i, I switched parties really i'm an, and i have to tell you in some ways i do hate both parties and i'm in at, in my heart i'm an independent because i'm fiscally conservative and probably socially progressive, which I think a right. lot of Americans are. The problem is the Republicans have abandoned the fiscal responsibility. They just lost their minds. They're science deniers. They're, 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 they've swelled the deficit. Uh, they, they're doing everything. They're, they're, they're the ones that are creating the big government. They're, they're denying people their right to vote. I mean, it's just they, they have lost me completely. But, um, but I do feel that I, I feel right now there is a difference in the two parties, and I feel it's very important. But I, but there have been times when Senate for years and years and years and years and years, I applauded when the Republicans took over because, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And mm-hmm. but they then caught up with the Democrats and sleaziness. So now I, I feel like it's the Republicans who have the sleaze factor, and the Democrats are carrying the torch for the for the right way. And, and also some some Republicans who are really disgusted with what the Republican Party has become. But it's I really mean, not. You, it's, it's crazy. Well, I think that I want to go back to the regulation part because, I mean, I thought, you know, just when I, I didn't grow up in this country, but coming back to this country and, you know, relearning history and everything going like, okay, the government here versus where I grew up in Africa, which is a whole other, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this <laughs> government here, like we won't go there. That's like 10 years of shows, but um, well, we're getting quite close to that now, actually, <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this last few years. But 
I always thought that the American government was about regulation and making sure that, you know, we didn't have monopolies and things like that. And so, you know, when I look at what's going on in the world now of monopolies, I mean, I feel this really creepy feeling of small business getting squished down and these giant companies coming in. When we first got in this country over 20 years ago, small business was, I think at this point, 49% or 51%, whatever one it was, we were pretty good. But now it feels like it's not there, and then we've got Wall Street, and we don't really have regulation is what it feels like. Well, it, it, when you say 41%, 40% or 51% of what, of, of new business starts or of employment? Yeah, small I don't, business. You know. Small business. America's backbone used to be, when I got to this country, America's backbone was small business. I don't now. feel it is anymore. Not now. It's not the well, backbone it is, anymore. It is, it, it is a backbone, but you can't have people like Donald Trump who stiff their small businesses that they owe money to. Um, you need to pay them. It's, it's, I, I do feel like right now things are skewed in favor of, of bigness in a way that doesn't really – this whole idea that it's going to trickle down is – ridiculous i think this tax break oh. that was just basically for the rich and and i had several accountants tell me just wait until april um we'll really realize how much this um did not benefit them um and a lot of, there's a lot of stories now on seeing people getting much smaller refunds or no refunds and people are really horrified to see it this is not a good thing this, that tax bill is just not a good thing and it was and it was and the Republicans know it. They sold it as something that would help the country. It really didn't, and it really did go to the bigness. Um, I do think people have to pay their share. On the other hand, and, and, and the other thing that really is irritating to me is that anyone who says anything like that, they say, oh, that's socialism. No, it's not. Right now we kind of have corporate socialism, <laughs> so socialism for the rich. And let's call it what it is. Right now um, we're giving you know millions of dollars to farmers to pay them for money that they've lost because of Trump's dumb tariffs with China. So, you know, that's socialism for the rich. When you give these big tax breaks, it's social. I mean, it, 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 if you're going to call um, helping regular folks, and there's a reason to help regular folks, they account, regular rank-and-file consumers account for six to seven cents out of every dime that is spent in the economy. Hobble wow. them, you hobble the economy. So wow. enough of, you know, pandering to the people and giving them a break for their helicopters that they use to <laughs> go to work. We need a, 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 a need to you know think about climate change. That's really going to hurt us. We're feeling the effects now. We need to not be paying subsidies to farmers for, because we have dumb federal policy. These are these are all crazy. And to be denying science and denying what's going on, and to have all these people in office who just really don't have a sense, their ethical compass is way off. I don't know where their ethical compass is pointing to, but it's not pointing the right way. I don't know what it's Well, do you think about histories? In, in your book, you talk about what happened way back when, um, even just, you know, when we're getting the Constitution going and everything, that what's going on now wasn't really what these dudes, I mean, the, the Democrat and Republicans were switching sides all the time, and, and what what was Democratic or what was Republican, you know, and, and how oh, they I voted. But to say that the all, Republicans but, were... Uh, People are trying to say the Republicans are the party of, of um, anti-slavery, and that's true, but you're absolutely right. The parties have gone all over the map, so we need to talk about how the parties are right now. You know, what, what yeah, because back in the right day, well, I mean, well, the Constitution and all that stuff keeps getting up, and 
um, the end of the day was I think even those dudes way back when, and I say dudes because that, that's who we get to see. You know, the women were in the background, but we were still there. Damn it! Uh, but no, they, we were, but it was the dudes. I mean, and the it was the dudes. The we didn't get to dudes. write the constitution. We didn't get any part of it. So just saying, um, we didn't no, get I to write. Them. We didn't have a hand in that. But they were not feeling. They they didn't they didn't understand where I mean what would they think about Amazon right now <laughs> you know well, the fact well that it's interesting I pay taxes yeah well they no they do pay taxes and look I have to tell you I am very happy as as a someone who is uh, spent two and a half decades at the Washington Post Jeff Bezos is you know he he has saved that you know I don't know completely saved the paper but he has created he's there to insulate it. And, and allow it to be the great institution that it is, especially in times like this. Um, mm. So, you know, you can, and I have to tell you, I found Amazon very, it's very convenient. So are there pluses and minuses? Of course there are. I am more worried, and I'm sure that Amazon is collecting information too, but I am more troubled, and I don't understand why more people are, are not more troubled by Facebook and uh, their complicity yeah. or seeming at least indifference to helping Russians Control our electric, uh, our electric. I'm sorry, I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> our elections. Well, you need um, to have a glass of I, wine. You're on a happy hour show. <laughs> you know, no, I know, and I, 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 uh, I uh, have my wine picked out for the end of the show when I would have with someone. But I feel like that that it's it's not just the bigness, although that we should question that. But sometimes big scale brings you know big big savings. So I don't look at any of these things and just say, oh, because they're big, they're bad. But I do no. yeah, that's smart. look yeah. at, yeah, but I do look at, but here's you know, what I really rail against is, uh, is, for example, something like dark money. I do feel like when there's money involved in elections, and until we get money mm-hmm. out of elections, until we have some campaign finance, we're really never going to uh, reform some of our crazy banking policies. We're always flipping back and forth after the crisis and people forget and the lobbyists give more money and then the politicians loosen up the rules and do all this crazy stuff. So we need to get rid of that because I, I just think I don't. people should be able to give, not the Russians, but Americans should be able to give money but it should be clear who it is that's giving the money. We need to have mm. transparency how in about, that. It's part of our process. How about a system where um, there is no money in politics whatsoever? Okay. Because we have television, we have radio, we have the Internet, and all of these things can happen where – Politicians have equal opportunity. You get 26 hours, you get 26 hours, and you get 26 hours. Political idol, right? <laughs> no, yeah. And well, so, I, we're going and far then, field, so, so I don't want to express an opinion on that because I don't. First of all, part of me is, as a practical matter, like I said before, I don't think I don't think people would go for that. I think we are not there yet, but I do think transparency. Not if you're for if, free markets or free policy, you need to have people say. I'm giving this much money. This is who I am. I'm I, I'm not going to be dark money, and you don't know it's the Koch brothers, or you don't know it's you know someone on the list. Well, you need to if know you didn't have campaign money. contributions, yeah. you wouldn't have control once a person is in the White House. So what I'm saying is, if you use public media and it was equal opportunity, and everybody gets the same amount of hours, and there were no let's go get a billion dollars in 50 hours 
on the campaign trail Maybe. to access media. I, I don't media. know what I think about that. I'd have to think about it because the other thing well, is. Well, think about it because seriously, <laughs> it would be kind of cool if, okay, so if you want to sit and watch or hear or listen, uh, you could listen to all the candidates and make your choice. But then the people who would be coming into office would not be coming in because so many people like the Koch brothers invested in this person and somebody else invested in that person. So once they're in office, they're puppets and somebody else is pulling their strings. Mm. Right. The problem I have, and again, this is not my expertise, and I'd have to really think about this, but my initial reaction is, um, and this has been something true historically with um, the, the with print media, but now we're well beyond print media, is that people tend mm-hmm. to choose to listen to what reinforces what they already believe. And so I think we, we have this right now, people who want to think one thing, listen to Fox News, people who want to think or something else are listening on the other side is Alex Jones. Well, that's actually sort of like Fox News. Um, but, um, and I guess it's probably really crazy left things or I don't know but um, I guess Lyndon LaRouche where would he have been I don't know but, um, but but you need I do think that there is something to be said we have in this country or at least we did when we were less polarized where you could have people reading I mean I try to read a range of things from you know middle of the road um, I, I try mm-hmm. to look at a lot of different media sources and I do think the media can be can try to be objective and I don't think there's this left-wing conspiracy in the mainstream media no. um, although I, I do think it has a hard time calling itself news sometimes I really really do they have just gone off the deep end but but I do feel that um, allowing people to have campaign contributions within reason and transparently so that they can go out and launch advertising and marketing campaigns to try to reach people who might not normally turn them on, you know, turn that, turn on the knob or click the, I guess today, click the key on the keyboard that gets them to that place. So I would just have to think about it, but I do know that. Um, mm. I'm, that's a valid point. That's, that's a really valid point. That's a valid point. A, I want to, I want to go back to, your book, because Broken Bargain, um, I do want to touch on something that I think is really important because it even goes into who's representing our country. It goes into all kinds of things. The fact about um, when you open a business, it's like, okay, you can be a solo entrepreneur, you can be a partnership, you could be a limited liability corporation, you can be a corporate, all these different things. And then you right. get the corporation, which basically means you can get everybody's business money. You know, I, I've worked with so many people like this, and they go, no, you go, you never invest your own money. You get everybody else's money. You mm-hmm. set up a corporation. You take their money to create the corporation. Same thing as nonprofits, too. Sorry to say truth. Um, go and do this so that if you have to go bankrupt, then you just lose that money, and it doesn't affect you as a human being. This is weird. Like, I, I get it, and I understand it's a pure, smart, businessy thing to do, but where does that leave yeah. everyone? You know, um, well, I, I know, like, even learned... our president has done that over and over again. Well, I, I, he's done it a lot. <laughs> I, covered, <laughs> I covered his casinos for the Post, and I can tell you, he's, he's I, 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 well, that's a whole other radio show. Um so here's the thing. One one of the more interesting things that I found that I learned when I was doing this book is that how intricately tied the corporate form that we have today was shaped. How intimately tied to banking and finance it is. 
mm-hmm. and that in at, at the framing of the Constitution, the um, founding fathers couldn't put the word bank or corporation into the Constitution or they were afraid it wouldn't be rat, uh, ratified because those ideas were too divisive. People found them. They argued. We have been arguing about these forever. But what I came to appreciate is that what people don't understand or they forget, this is like the broken bargain. A corporation, when you're incorporated, a, a government has given you um, limited liability. It says you can you can organize yourself as a person. I'm not talking about Citizens United, which I do not support, and I think was wrongheaded. But you know, Hamilton described to George Washington and Jefferson the idea of a corporation as being a legal person for the purpose of uh, limiting the liability of shareholders to what their investment is. And that's a valuable thing because it means you can get more money into the corporation and you can do things. However, and this is the part people forget, being incorporated is a gift from the government on behalf of the public. So, and this Hamilton understood. So the government not just has a right but a duty to go in and make sure that that corporation is not doing something that is against the public good, like polluting the rivers or, um, you know, pu- putting, I don't know, hairspray in your candies or whatever. So this is one of the broken bargains that we've forgotten because banks have a couple things that only governments can give. And when only governments can give them, only governments can provide intellectual property like copyright law and things like that. Um, I think governments should run the military. I don't think it should be entirely the private sector. You don't want, want that either. But governments, only governments can give you incorporation. And, and if you're a bank on top of it, the government, meaning the taxpayers and the public, are providing deposit insurance. Those things are a gift. They are given on behalf, for, for the public good. They are given on behalf of the public by the government. And the government has a duty. This is where the bargain is to go in and make sure that it's not being abused or highly risky Hmm. things are being done that are against the public. This is what we have to remember. And if people don't like it, then don't be incorporated. And I have to say, um, I'll give you two sides of the spectrum. Michael Bloomberg's company is private. The Koch's uh, business is private. And there's, there's, because they don't want to deal with a lot of the, you know, craziness of, of having shareholders and short-term horizons on you have to be pro, you know you have to have so many profit a profit increases every quarter so it makes sense they're saying we're not going to play in that space but if you do it is a privilege and the government has a right to come in and see what's happening mm. so that's what people that's, forget yeah I, I i totally you know and that's the thing i think what's interesting again no matter what it comes down to is the government's job is supposed to be regulation not making money off but, of us. But a certain kind a certain kind of regulation. The government shouldn't right. do everything. Every American Oh yeah, yeah. I mean we I don't want a dictatorship. Has, Let's just be clear. No, we definitely don't want that. Although apparently today some people we do not want a dictatorship, but we also don't want a dictatorship in business. And has government ever overreached? Of course they have. Um and are there times when, I mean, one of the public policies we really need to think about is, is which is too long for the show, is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And, and that's a policy decision. They're not good. They're not bad. It's, it's the way people have decided to do it. And we can undecide. But there are other things that the government, only the government can do. 
There, mm. in my book, I have this scene where someone from Citibank, at the, when the crisis happened 10 years ago, someone from Citibank was pleading with the Treasury Secretary saying, can't you stop us from, uh, save us from ourselves? Because they were making all mm. these ridiculous loans that caused the problem. They knew they were ridiculous, but as long as their competitors were doing it and it looked profitable, their board of directors was making them do it too, right? So, they, so what right. You, you have to have is someone come in and say, here are the rules folks. You can't give a loan to someone unless you first uh, assess their ability to repay it. And if you don't think they can repay it, you shouldn't make the loan because mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to go in and be transparent. You need to disclose information to all investors so some can't um, enrich themselves um, when others can't. Uh, you need to treat them fairly. So these are these are rules. That's where the government should come in. Only they can set the marketplace. And even these companies who claim, you know, they hate government regulation and all that. Look, you got to break an egg to make an omelet. And the cost of regulation, there's some cost to it. The cost of not having it is far greater, as we saw in the last go. Yeah, you need yeah, to have absolutely. the government coming in and just saying, guys, why are you making loans? that are doomed to fail? Why are you making home loans that are requiring people to refinance every couple of years and eats up their equity in their house? Does that make sense? It might look good in the short run, but guess what? The last, uh, some estimates for the last crisis 10 years ago of taxpayer funding that was committed or actually spent reached as high as $24 trillion. That's a lot of money. Now, we ended up either not spending that or it was repaid back so we actually um you know it, it wasn't it's a loss like that at all now you it's untold losses of the people who lost their homes their jobs you cannot you know that's hard to measure but but the but the fact is it's only by sheer luck that it wasn't worse and it it, it just seems that it, it gets me crazy when people take this anti-government so far and then when they suddenly discover, hey, wait, I've been defrauded, but I can't go to court. I have to go to a mediator. Well, arbitration, what's up with that? People have a right to not it's have a to go to arbitration, I think. Yes, it's a balance. And we, it's it a is a balance. Struggle. It's, it's a balance, and, and everyone needs to be part of the game. Everybody needs to step in. If you live in this country, you should be part of the system and looking at what's going on, you should be part of it. And educated, and, and like, book, like what you're doing with with your book and, and your writing and journalism. I mean, to me, that's important because it helps us understand everything. I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't understand the entire economy. I know what annoys me or makes me happy, or like, <laughs> damn, I have to pay this now. Like, but you need to have the understanding, and it's very difficult. I think when you look at families where people are working you know, two to three to four jobs with kids and trying to make everything happen, I think it's really hard to keep up with it. And, I, I mean, I really oh, do. Oh, no, and then you have Ivanka. Did you hear what Ivanka said today? Ivanka said she doesn't think. Now, I don't know what I think about a guaranteed wage. Uh, this this is a new concept. And I, I'm still getting my arms wrapped around it, my brain wrapped around it, about having a minimum um, income uh, for people. But I, I, but I, but I'm much – at my first reaction a few years ago was that's ridiculous. I don't think that anymore. I'm, I'm not sure I'm embracing it, but Yvonne, I, she made this ridiculous comment that she didn't think people would like to be given. She thinks people want to work for what they get. Like, like she wasn't just given 
everything yes. she's done it, it, was ridiculous. There is a wild. real it's crisis wild. in this country. No, but it's, there's a crisis in this country of people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't have the figures off the top of my uh, tongue, but I could get them. I just didn't know we were going to go to this. So many I people um, live check to check, and they just can't. They can't deal with any kind of economic, you know, a $100 car repair, um, whatever. And they're working yes. several jobs. Teachers, they, and they can't make ends meet. There's something wrong with it. And if the only place that they can go to get a loan is to legalize loan sharks, like payday lenders, who, and I could explain this, but another TV show, another radio show, I mean, um, these people, uh, their business model is to make like like three to four dollars for every dollar they lend you, and you really yeah. are on a hamster wheel because you can't pay it back, so you have to keep going, going. And if you fall into ruin, they don't care because they've gotten you to redo that loan enough that they're paid their principal plus several hundred percentages in in, in interest, and they don't care. And that's not you know in, in industry. And you know who they prey on a lot of times, not just obviously people are hard who aren't well to do but military folks the payday yep. lunch a chock-a-block around military bases and it's just unconscionable i don't see how they live with themselves anyway it, it, don't it, start that's why it's, what i was saying about what's important about what you do with your book is that it, it gets some information out so people can start to have a clear understanding of what's been going on in our country for like hundreds of years, literally. But um, here it is. It is time. I'm gonna I'm gonna ring a bell, but it is not the stock market bell. It's a happy hour bell, and that's a lot more. Right. Fun. <laughs> so. Kathleen, it is time to play happy hour. So, if you could spend happy hour with anyone in the world, alive, passed on, or fictional, who would it be? Where would you spend that happy hour? What, of course, what are you going to drink, alcoholic or non? And what are you going to talk about? Okay, I'm scared well, I've been with you. Could be the whole time. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, I've been biting my tongue because I have. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't come on this because of what we talked about. But you'll see that I was smiling because of some of our conversation. I would like to pick. Can I pick more than one person to have us around? Table? Sure. Okay, sure. I would like to have George Washington and uh, Hamilton and Jefferson um, somewhere in Washington looking out over the city and to talk about banking. Like it, it, Now, they, you have to give them a couple days to catch up with what's happened since <laughs> they sure. last were here. But to let them say, did you think it would be like this? What do you think is wrong with it? What, you know, um, Jefferson, I think, would have to con- concede that we were never going to stay a farming country. Of course, we'd have to ask him what was he thinking about slavery. But you know that. But leave those. You know, leave the the war. The this, not just warts. There's serious uh, deficiencies in in some of the founding fathers. To ask them about the financial argument that they have that was so important in the beginning of our country. And the reason. And if I had to pick one of those three, I would pick Washington because he had to hear the two of them argue for and against corporations, federal corporations, and banks. Those those two things were tied. But more importantly. If you read, I really recommend this to all your listeners, is go read. It's short. You can Google it. George Washington's Farewell Address. It is so mm. prescient. He says, he warns, if we have a two-party system, it's going to tear us apart and let a foreign agent come in and divide us. It's exactly what has happened. It's unbelievable. Wow. He, so it, it, it is um. You know, and he had his flaws wow. too, plenty of them. Um, but, but, but 
it really is amazing how uh, he really he really nailed it because I do think there's some uh, problems with the two party system and Russia has fomented this division. I mean, but this is well known. I'm not just I'm not the first person to say they they have played on our um, on our our weaknesses and our our and our and our fears. Um, and who I'm going to blank now. I think it was Trotsky who said Trotsky or Stalin said the capitalists will sell you the rope that you need to hang them. Well, guess what? That lesson wasn't lost on Putin, you know. Wow, there so, you go. Now, okay, wait, I've got to go back. Okay, so what are you well, drinking? I know what you're talking about, what, but what are you guys gonna, all drinking? We're going to drink um, a nice, bold Cabernet. <laughs> I know. I feel Fine. like one now. I'm like, I feel like we need one. Like it's, it's like, you know, but here's the deal. It is, it is about infant power comes from knowledge, education, learning and reading. So um, I think a, a good conversation, you know, it always goes where, you know, another place, it's always good, but everyone go get Kathleen's book. It's Kathleen day. And the book is Broken Bargain, Bankers, Bailouts, and the Struggle to Tame Wall Street. It is like this tiger of crazy. So check it out, KathleenDay.com, and you can get it on Amazon. But go to her website. She's on Twitter as well. Follow her there. And, uh, Kathleen, we have a song for you. It's called oh, what is it? To, it's called To the Bones. It's from a band, a Southern California-based band, Everett Coast. It's from their album Liftoff, and it features the rapper Robbery, and uh, when you hear the words, you'll understand why we picked it. So here it is. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Here it is, everyone, to the bones. Take care, Kathleen. Thank you. Are you a rich man? What do you mean, rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot of money in the bank. What well, shall make you rich? I know I don't have that type of riches. My riches is life. My riches is life. Take what you can, poor man, we won't be here very long. Unfortunately, I see it looks like all your laboring is for nothing at all. Now you've done it, you've gone and worn your fingers right down to the bones. A practical joker, a big shot broker, all you ever wanted to be. And unfortunately, I see it looks like all your laboring is for nothing at all. Whoa, now you've got it, you've gone. Oh, whoa, flesh and muscle 
incredible with what they're doing. So anyway, that will be Friday, March 1st. And thank you all for joining us. Thank you, listeners. Uh, This is all for you, and we appreciate you. So keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com, and we'll see you soon. But before we go, we're going to close with a song called Never Trust the Living, because, you know, don't. Uh, it's, It's a title track from the latest album from Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys out of New Orleans. Keep up with them at johnnymastro.com. They just came back from Europe. But here it is, Never Trust the Living. We'll see you all later. Drop her, wake up, cry.